0: Hello folks, welcome to another episode of Catch Up, the podcast about contemporary hip-hop that examines where hip-hop has been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suwami.
1: And I'm James Rathbone.
0: And we are very excited to talk about uh, our subject for this week, which is the visionary singer, songwriter, choreographer, dancer, uh, just the (laughs) ultimate, multi-hyphenate, Solange. And her new album when I get home and you just got home from new Orleans. I did
1: indeed. Yeah. How was it? It's beautiful. It's such an incredible city. Uh, that's my first time going. I was there. Well, I was there to go to see the Raptors actually, because it's the cheapest NBA tickets in the league. So I got to sit behind the Raptors bench, which was
0: you know, incredible. Wow. And, and the, Drake, the Drake seats,
1: uh, no, Drake seats are on the court next to the bench. We were behind them. So we could be more creepy. One day, one day. Yeah. One day. Well, like when I've, i'm less like a uh, starstruck and i can just like focus on enjoying these giant humans like playing basketball instead of trying to like glean what kind of gossip i can based on like their body language while sitting <laughs> on the bench. yeah
0: um when you were in new Orleans you also missed my birthday dinner and uh i will say that it was the number one topic of discussion amongst the attendees was where is james
1: yeah it's uh i feel i it's like uh you know my mother wasn't there on my first day of kindergarten and I never let her (laughs) let it down and so this is I feel like coming full cycle so that you know you can now lord this over me
0: and I will um speaking of things to lord over people uh we have a few events coming up (laughs) (laughs) no we have some events that you should definitely come to if you're in the city of Toronto uh if you're listening to us in the week in which it dropped uh this week we'll be DJing at apartment 200 on Thursday night Mm -hmm. Uh, so bring your clout Bring your clout. If, come if you don't have any clout, because we are That's we're clout agnostic. It. Yeah, we're, you
1: can also get clout if you come on Thursday. It's true. Free clout before midnight.
0: Before midnight, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you, if you've if you've ever been to any of our events or any events that we run, you know that we are we are not clout demons. We are very open, and yeah. we'll introduce you to people if you're there by yourself. So exactly. pull up, come see us. We're gonna play some grimy hip-hop mm-hmm. that's the fun part about apartment 200 you can play a little more like esoteric like
1: yeah just you don't have to be worried about it pleasing anybody but yourself
0: mm-hmm. wow um and we also have a our throwback party still tipping which is coming up uh on the 23rd of mm-hmm. march it's at the rec room mm-hmm. um so it's all 2000s throwback jams so you're gonna be hearing uh, it's just a, a really great era of music. You'll be hearing, you know, some M- Omarion, Omarion, you know, B2K, maybe yeah, a- more- Marie. <laughs> a- a- Marie, one thing, of course, mm-hmm. uh, destiny's child, old Beyonce, um, Mike Jones, mm-hmm. obviously, yeah. um, all that stuff. So if you're in Toronto, you should come to that as well. Mm-hmm. Also wanted to mention a special shout out to a listener that we have in Switzerland. Uh, He sent us a Instagram DM and it was honestly this, the nicest, like most inspiring message that I think we've gotten from like, as far as like fan mail. Mm -hmm. And uh, he referred to me, he referred to me. He's like, he's like, I'm not even sure if I know your your names, but it's like the little peep fanboy and the other, (laughs) which I absolutely love. Thank you very much uh, for sending that. And just as a general statement for everyone else who's listening right now, we sometimes we've done this in the past and we're going to do it again coming up in the next few weeks, but we're going to do a mailbag episode. So if there's anything that you would like to hear us discuss or Mm -hmm. questions you want to ask us or, you know, uh, about hip hop or about our personal tastes or anything like that, please send them in, send them in to us at on Instagram at our handle at catch up podcast or in the face in the Boosty Fade Facebook group or to uh, either of our personal DMs, if you can find that information, which, I mean... It's out there. It's out there. Yeah. We're not hiding it. Yeah. So... Shall we get into it? Yeah. Let's get into this week's episode, which is about Solange.
1: So, uh, I think both of us would agree that Solange has become one of the most important artists of this era,
0: how did that happen? It's interesting. I think that Solange has, you know, after a certain point, taken her own path in the music in the music world. Mm-hmm. Um, Solange started in the music industry very early on. Uh, she released her first album in 2002, mm-hmm. Solo Star. She was 14 years old. Um, and it was the kind of like pop album that was very much of the times in the sense that it had all these... For, especially for somebody who's well connected as her, mm-hmm. had all these massive producers uh, on it, including Jermaine Dupree and Linda Perry, Timbaland. Neptune's, the Neptunes, Rockwilder. Yeah, shout out to Rockwilder. Shout out to Rockwilder. And she, even at fourteen, she is kind of like you can see the 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 through line of just how involved she was in all the music. At fourteen, she co wrote and co wrote and co produced each every song on the album. Right. And crazy. Yeah. And it's like, and I think even at the time she talked a bit about her like disparate inf- uh, influences, which include like, you know, like rock and
1: Motown stuff. Like, Motown. You know, like it's kind of like the breams esque, like those, uh, kind of singers. Mm-hmm. She clearly kind of had the childhood of, of someone whose like family is a, like a seriously ambitious, like show business business, you know, like mm-hmm. show business enterprise. Like she was managed by like her mother, like her sister managed by her dad who, you know, like obviously has a pretty good idea of how to
0: help develop an artist. Mm-hmm. She did some acting. She was in the Johnson family vacation movie in 2004. Mm-hmm. She, uh,
1: got, she got married when she was 17. Very young. Um, Gave birth to her son when she was um 18.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for a while after I was obviously like just working on, her family. Mm-hmm. And then in 2008, she released her second album, which is
1: soul angel and the Hadley street dreams.
0: Mm-hmm. But I think that really it didn't feel like all eyes were on Solange until she took a lengthy break and reemerged in 2012 with a stunning new project and a new sound and a very clear defined original visual aesthetic uh, with, with true True.
1: An EP that... Features
0: uh, a lot of production from Dev Hines. Yes. Dev Hines, the...
1: Probably on his way to being a super producer, if he's not already super producer status. If
0: that's what he wants. If that's what he wants. Yeah, yeah. he's definitely well-connected and has worked with a variety of massive stars. Mm-hmm. ASAP Rocky. Yeah. The Diddy's, you know, Sky Ferreira. Yeah. Um, he's he's like a some, one of those people that is talented enough to be able to do well in almost any genre of music mm-hmm. and his pairing with Solange I think also helped launch his career yes. in a way that yeah, I agree. it really like springboarded him mm-hmm. and because people were so enthralled with the music that he made with Solange and the biggest song from that from that era of Solange is this honestly timeless jam yeah. called Losing You yeah uh, let's listen to a little bit of Losing You right now it's- In in co- in conjunction with, with the song, there's a really outstanding music video that yeah. Solange put out, and I think this is where the the obsession that which we're still living with mm-hmm. uh, with Solange began, because it was just for the general public a real like just a, a world that n- people did not know about. Mm-hmm. It was such a clearly defined visual and artistic statement. Mm-hmm. And it felt like the beginning of something very fresh and very new.
1: Yeah. I mean it it's it just had it was immaculately styled. You know, the mm-hmm. like the outfits in it are incredible. It's a uh, it, you know, shot in Cape Town, Africa, and South Africa like um it, it like I, it was almost to me it sort of felt like a stylistic turning point a little bit in terms of where aesthetic uh sort of values lay in a lot of ways mm-hmm. with like not just like sort of like any kind of like hip hop influence but even just like fashion more broadly
0: yeah i think it was just i think it's like that's where you started to see just the diversity of what solange is really skilled at mm-hmm. which is in short everything yeah <laughs> um she is an, an outstanding dancer mm-hmm. she ha she just has a vision that w- i felt was very evident on that project yeah and I remember I saw her like in the, the tour that she did in support of that project in 2013 or 2012 at mm-hmm. the Danforth Music Hall. And it was just, it was her show. She had some backup dances and everything. And it's just like, she was so captivating on her own. Like, mm-hmm. I like, she clearly had star power, mm-hmm. but the way that she wielded it was different than most stars. Mm-hmm. It was a little more reserved. Yeah. It was still accessible, but there wasn't, it wasn't the, the Kind of show like everybody look at me, I'm the superstar showmanship that I think we're used to from people that are stars,
1: yeah. And I, I mean, I think that you know, maybe because uh, her, her origin story is that of sort of this child star who got to work with just like I mean, other than Destiny's child, like Timbaland, Neptune's like the biggest names from the industry, mm-hmm. and sort of see that what that like uh, pop music rat race was kind of like at the time of just like trying to fit into the aesthetic that sells, so to speak
0: mm-hmm.
1: that like she's been able to sort of, I guess maybe realize that that, that wasn't what she was about. That wasn't what she was interested in. And instead she wanted to, you know, really express herself as an artist, not just as like an entertainer. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, like after uh true came out, it seemed like a lot of I wasn't even sure that Solange was sort of gonna make more music it, to me like it it seemed like there she had so much stuff going on mm-hmm. so she had this um label called saint uh heron uh which came out in two thousand and thirteen and it was like the first place uh I heard uh Samfa it features like a latter day cassie record uh kingdoms on there. Uh, same, I think it was jaheen uh, Eko. Jahine Echo. First, I think, not the first time I heard her, but it was like hearing her in sort of a different lane, which was really nice. Um, yeah,
0: it- and it's just like, was just thinking of like the sounds that Solange had on True. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, there's like 80s pop. There's mm-hmm. kind of like a faint disco vibe. There's yeah. electronica. There's traditional kind of like R&B elements to yeah. it. It's like very complex, very... Um, multifaceted mm-hmm. and cross cross genre
1: and i mean and like like kind of both of these um albums have like a particular sound that which is albums? like uh the true the ep and the uh saint heron compilation have um this it's, not, it's like sort of a bittersweet melancholy to a lot of the music mm-hmm. which is just like you know for me it's like super super digestible but it's also so different than kind of more modeling like if there's going to be like sadness in a lot of more modern r&b it's very like modeling like yeah. heartbreak like kind of it's re- a wrenching yourself ray
0: j one wish yeah exactly. you know you're in the rain crying yeah exactly begging for forgiveness but the, the, the cool thing about what solange is really good at is is Having those mo- emotions come through while also injecting a bit of levity and like even mm-hmm. like a dancey vibe to it. Oh,
1: absolutely!
0: So you're those yeah. "Sad dancing by yourself," you know?
1: Yeah. So and then, you know, she's also like m- maybe the most fashionable person alive. <laughs> like, uh, I'm not always I like I really like fashion, but I'm not always one to like want to like be like, "Oh, you know, I don't know, Kanye West is so well dressed." It's like, well, like most celebrities have a stylist, and the stylist isn't getting any of the like accolades that like we're giving this person like best dressed Mm -hmm. it's like they didn't dress themselves someone put their clothes on for them but like i don't solange if she has a stylist it's completely in a collaborative fashion like she obviously hasn't just incredible taste uh herself
0: yeah and i think that's a thing that's a through line because when we get to as we get to um a seat at the table and talk about just her progression from true to that album. Mm -hmm. It's like the thing that you've seen with Solange's entire career. And I think this is what makes her such an important and high level, like visionary Mm -hmm. is how integral she is to every part of the process of nearly everything she's ever done. Yeah. That's, it's really impressive.
1: Yeah. And it's pretty unique. I mean, like usually most artists, there's a machine behind them that is really helping them fill in the gaps you know, and like, that's just like the nature of, of like music. And it's also like, we can't ask most artists to be Solange and to have this kind of 360 view of their artistic identity. This is so, it's this, and, unbelievable amount of work to be at a successful artist Mm -hmm. and it's not surprising that you want to delegate a bit but like if you are kind of a super person like solange you can kind of be on that next level that only a few artists ever really
0: get to and there also is a bit of like beyonce sister privilege like she's like you don't get more well connected than solange absolutely i think she's probably also granted some leeway that other artists don't have and she probably has she has like a bit of the the financial security that other artists don't have to worry about in Dealing with labels. And-
1: of course. But it's, you know, the thing with privilege is it's not that the privilege aren't supposed to have privilege. It's about what they do with the privilege. Hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like there is always going to be people who are better off. But do they, like, use that privilege to be self-indulgent or, you know, take advantage of other people mm-hmm. or to, you know, be have no ambition? Or do they seek to... Like make their own life and live it. Use the the privilege to live the life that they could only dream of having Hmm. otherwise.
0: Mm -hmm. Which I think is a perfect segue into her third studio album, Mm -hmm. which I think is, you know, I think maybe maybe close watchers and diehard fans could see when when True came out that Solange had potential to be this massive cultural figure. Mm -hmm. But I think what really like consummated it was a seat at the table. Yes. Which is her third studio album. Yeah. Released in 2016. Yeah. And it immediately took over the world. Yeah. It I would was say.
1: it was I mean, I remember day it came out listening to it, walking around, just you know, these albums only come out every so often that feel like they're so fresh that it's like they are like a particular experience. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's not just kind of part of a broader context like sort of like a footnote in like a certain like a a certain story of a certain era like they are sort of the story themselves but they're they're also just so enjoyable to listen to and so distinct and i mean yeah it's a masterpiece like there's no exaggeration
0: And this song spawned a a number, it spawned thousands of conversations. I think it was also the cultural moment at which it came. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of conversation about identity and black ownership Mm -hmm. and just the music industry and how, and the history of the music industry and the history of black artists in the music industry. Mm -hmm. And this album, is strung to is connected through interludes which feature uh master p Mm -hmm. who's also from new orleans where he just were. yes and just his entire outlook on the music industry and how he helped no limit records come up and it it required him to buck a lot of conventional wisdom just Mm -hmm. like solange has done with her career yeah and go against what the traditionally held norms of the music industry were Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of people who thought that that was the wrong thing to do they're like this is not the way that you get to where you want to be yeah it's by saying no to major label heads and Mm -hmm. trying to do things on your own that's not how it works but master p did it on his own yeah and he made it work and he became massively successful and that's a really integral part of this album
1: yeah and i mean the other thing i think that's quite distinct about master p um being having this voice that he has on it and kind of him seeming seeming like this very like wise elder basically Mm -hmm. is that master p had of of like of all the most successful artists from the 90s master p is probably the least talked about in my opinion Hmm. like Cash Money Records still is a huge legacy, obviously in part because Lil Wayne is still a celebrity, and Drake, and and Drake, and, 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 and like Manos. and the latter day like Young Money mm-hmm. era, but even like Juvenile, I'd say say is still like a lot of people know who he is. Like back that ass up has yeah. like he still is played around, still is like in memes and stuff. Um, but even like other like regional rappers, like I th- I hear more people talk about someone like DJ Quick, who wasn't nearly as big as Master P was. It's Master true. P was it's gigantic. True. He was like. Like, I mean, like, I'm
0: a a wrestling fan. He showed up in wrestling, man. Yeah. He played for the Raptors. Played for the Raptors, (laughs) man. He was that master P biopic coming out.
1: Yeah. He like, he is a crazy, crazy life and he doesn't really get the respect that he deserves.
0: Which I think is what's also part of the genius of Solange tapping him to play this role on the album is that part of what she was doing is showing the multiplicity of black artists in the music world. And, you know i think that and just how it's all connected and how there's lessons to be learned from like master p's experience in relation to salons and in relation to the black experience at large yeah. um and then also in the music industry yeah let's listen to a little bit of of salons from a seat at the table let's listen to mad let's listen to the song featuring little Wayne, mad doing it all ain't enough cause everyone all in my cup cause I just said still owe me bucks so I got the right to get bucked but I tried not to let it build up I'm too high, I'm too better, too much so I let it go, let it go, let it go I
1: I think maybe the most popular song uh, from See the Table is Cranes in the Sky uh, which has an incredible music video uh, featuring Solange dancing uh it really feels like a piece of video art uh in in like the traditional sort of like gallery sense almost uh it's it's exquisitely beautiful I like the song but the song itself uh is like is one of my all-time favorite songs it i think has it's like while it articulates i think a very uh particular viewpoint uh as related to solange's identity. There's just like uh, a truly like transcendental side to of expressing like the way of just feeling like you're in a rut, feeling like you're down, and uh, using like your will to just try and fight it, and how like hard that can be, and mm-hmm. just feeling, you know, that like the world is against you. Like that song to me is like uh, it's just such an incredible articulation
0: of what it is to be a, a human being, essentially let's listen to a bit of cranes in the sky by so
1: to drink it away I tried to put one in the air I tried to dance it away I tried to change it with my hair I am a credit card below got a new dressline to work it away that just made me even
0: so following this album and the intense amount of critical acclaim it appeared on basically every best of list of the every publication that yeah. had a best of list in 2016 put solange's album and many of the singles from the album on on their lists mm hmm And she kind of entered this new space and new she hit a new tier of stardom and celebrity and influence. Mm -hmm. And it extended even into spaces that some hip-hop artists have been trying to get into for years, like the fine arts world, uh, including the Guggenheim where she did a performance.
1: Yes. Um, I mean, Solange is just such a complete artist and there's such like a grace to her work that it's like... Very, it seems like a very obvious fit, but at the same time, it was like a pretty revolutionary act to perform yeah. at, in that way for someone who has sort of been a pop star at some point and has some of those trappings, but, and you know, for like kind of one of the meccas of uh, modern art. Mm-hmm. for her to be in that space and occupy it and it to be such a massive success is sort of a testament to who she is as an artist mm-hmm. uh, around
0: you're so, you were living in new york at that time yeah, right
1: i did not get to go to that show i remember like the guggenheim one you shouldn't you shouldn't it, have been there yeah probably not yeah but what i was at was her radio city music hall show mm-hmm. which is one of the best concerts of my life by far um for this tour she ha- brought out sun Ra- orchestra who are like a legendary uh jazz group and they they were one of the openers as well as her backing band i mean some of the very greatest cool. instruments you know at some uh some of the greatest musicians of uh you know all time uh also had earl sweatshirt opening which was very cool especially seeing him in like radio city music hall which is such an incredible like historic venue wow and then like solange's show was just like the like just so well thought out, so beautiful. Um, just the core, the choreography between her and her dancers, her and the musicians. Um, it was just so ambitious and well thought out and fully realized. And like, you know, uh, truly, truly incredible. If you ever get the opportunity to see her, you have it's like worth traveling for. Um, so that leads us to.
0: Newest project.
1: Our newest project. What what did you think
0: of this album? I thought it was very good. I think I also think that I need more time with it. I think it's like, mm. you know, uh to me there there are a few immediate standout tracks on this album. Mm-hmm. Um, like Almeida, the single, obviously. Yeah. And with a seat at the table, mm-hmm. there was so many immediate standout songs, mm-hmm. both for their subject matter, their sound their sound their sounds. And her lyrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think of like cranes in the sky, yeah. Don't touch my hair. Uh, Don't touch my hair. Fubu. Yeah. You know these are all like just very distinct moments. Mm-hmm. And on this album, I feel like I, this album I hear it more as like almost like a, a like a full piece mm-hmm. as opposed to having a ton of standout single tracks. I
1: think that's right. I mean, I I love this record. Obviously, I was very lucky to be in New Orleans like when it came out and getting to like listen to it there and just like kind of feel like. You know the album has, uh, not, I mean maybe less maybe less Orleans centric than See to the Table, but you know it has a big Houston influence to it, massive
0: Houston, and influence. it's
1: still the South. I mean, like, yeah, that's true. And it just felt like being, I was lucky to be in this time and place to be able to listen to it in that context.
0: I, you know, and I, I really love uh the Houston aspect to it, the Houston influence mm-hmm. to it, because in some ways it almost reminds me of. Uh, how Travis Scott on Astro World had a ton of Houston influence. It's kind of like mm-hmm. you're what you're seeing now is you're seeing two artists kind of claim the city and and kind of give back and also disseminate the the things that are, are in the cultural makeup of the music of that city. Yeah. And kind of spreading it to a mass audience that may not appreciate or know that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um one of the things that I think is so uh, One of the things that I think is so remarkable about Solange as an artist is her ability to sort of unify high and low influences. And you know, this art. One of the things that's really um, amazing about this album is the like features, like you know, my favorite artist, Playboy Cardi, or uh, like the Gucci Mane feature, which is so good.
0: Uh huh. I I also think like um, just to recount one of my favorite all-time quotes from Twitter about Playboy Cardi, which um, the the infamous hip hop tweeter, Big Biz said, Playboy Cardi is the king of Goo Gaga raps, <laughs> 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 which I think is very funny, very astute. Um, I love Playboy Cardi and he's really on his goo Gaga shit on it, this album. Yeah,
1: absolutely. But it's like the whole album is so abstract, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like I remember seeing it in Bootsy Faith that someone pointed out this album feels kind of quite kind of similar related to the earl sweatshirt some rap songs that's right um and like i i pointed out that i think that they were like i felt like there was a similar abstraction for play in by cardi's work as
0: hmm. earl's work hmm. and so
1: hmm. i feel that maybe the solange listens to listen to that episode <laughs> and was like that's a great idea i should play Playboy cardi on here
0: so some of the moments in the album that stood out to me or songs that I really enjoyed were, uh, things I imagined. Obviously I think it mm-hmm. has, it has that same kind of, uh, refrain that you kind of get from cranes in the sky where mm-hmm. you're kind of like, there's something that's just stuck in your mind from it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay flow, obviously mm-hmm. it's a stand up from this album. Um, let's actually listen to a little bit of stay flow. Down, down, down on the
1: And if you it. Little- So Jordan, so Jordan, you said that the earlier that you feel like you need a bit more time. For this album, mm-hmm. for me, like I, I, feel like I got lucky with the time and place in hearing it. Um, but it, it like, it really reached me like very quickly. Um, I mean, to me, it felt like a seat at the table. It really came out that sort of almost like the perfect moment for it, and it had these sort. Of, it was sort of like definitive statements on where a lot of the sort of cultural zeitgeist in the conversation in the conversation was. Whereas I feel like this record is a bit more sort of interior in some ways. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's sort of is it isn't almost like handling as much as kind of serious subject matter mm-hmm. uh, in the same way. It's more sort of just an expression of Solange's taste, sort of like where her interests lie – sort of and some of her feelings on more of like an individual level rather mm. than this sort of broader Cu- cultural trend.
0: Yeah. I think it's also, that's like more of a continuation of, of where she is now. Like, mm-hmm. like the conversation that happened around uh seat at the table is a few years old now. Exactly. And it's like, we're still talking about a lot of these issues, black ownership, black spaces, mm-hmm. and all that is very evident in her work. If you think about the rollout strategy of this, this album, mm-hmm. there was the the black pan the black planet page web page yeah. that she put out, which was just really honestly the rollout for this album was pitch perfect. Absolutely. It could not have been better. It was very quick, like rapid fire, and by like it's like you feel like it took like four days and you, then everything was done. Mm-hmm. It yeah, was absolutely immaculate.
1: Yeah, no, and um, I mean, it just, I mean, what else can you say about it? it? I, I, she, she is one of the most important artists of our time. I, I like. I love this record. It has like, it's like. I, I agree. I think it is like music that's just listened to, like end to end, like a mm-hmm. very classic album form. But you know, one of the things we've the most on this podcast is the death of the albums. Artists just dumping
0: a bunch of singles. A bunch, of, a bunch of
1: singles. See what sticks. Like this is the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Like even though there is a single, there isn't really. You know, it's not. It's not really so distinct in the sense of like. Here's a couple hits and here's a bunch of filler. This is, right. this is all one piece in my mind that has like a whole identity mm-hmm. and a great integrity to it.
0: And I think that's what's going to give this work and a seat at the table the longevity over time. Yeah. I think when we look back on this era, there will be a lot of maybe there'll be a handful of really standout albums. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what's in terms of what's going to actually stick with people and what in 10, 15, 20 years, what we'll be thinking about as like the most seismic moments of this era musically, Mm -hmm. Solange is going to be a massive part of that conversation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, she, like her work stands as a testament, I mean, to the strength of the album as like a medium. I mean, like the, when the album is sort of in danger, a lot of people are asking, is the album still relevant when you can just put out songs? And like the re- the reason albums existed was a way you could get a bunch, buy a bunch of songs. Like literally you could buy a bunch of songs. Now you could just upload one at a time. There's not like the album is sort of an anachronism in some ways. But then when you see a project like this, when you see her catalog, you can see that there's a reason that the album stuck mm-hmm. because it is such a great medium for listening to music.
0: And that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for listening to another week of Mm -hmm. catch-up. Please, if you enjoyed it, and even if you didn't, please (laughs) rate five stars. It's the only rating that you should give. Uh, review and subscribe and uh, tell a friend about the podcast yeah we don't mind if
1: you lie on our behalf
0: yeah write a comment uh
1: positive only yeah and uh whatever is in your heart doesn't matter just we need the you know the positive reinforcement
0: hopefully it's positive if it's not you can write that as well but you should write it down on a piece of paper crumple it up and put it in a desk drawer
1: yeah you know, it's widespread negativity. There's enough of it
0: out there and
1: if you know, if we're a small little independent podcast just fighting our nemesis Alan Cross week by week. We don't we don't need any discouragement.
0: No, no, no. But we thank you guys very much for joining us and for sending us the the tweets and Facebook posts and Instagram stories, tags and all that stuff. We appreciate all of that and it just keeps us motivated and keeps us coming up with more stuff for you guys to listen to. Yeah. It goes a long way. All right, so we will talk to you very soon. Take care.